In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. The movie Titanic has something in common with our first reading this weekend. In Titanic, from the very beginning, the audience has special knowledge about something that's going to happen. The ship is going to be hit by an iceberg and sink. But the characters of the movie don't know this until it happens. The same is true in our first reading from the book of Genesis. Abraham welcomes mysterious visitors into his home, and although he doesn't know who they are at first, the audience knows from the very beginning that these three men are in fact the Lord God. Listen to how our excerpt begins. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth of Mamre. And as Abraham interacts with these visitors, he actually unwittingly does so in ways that express how one would relate to God. For example, we're told that after seeing the visitors, Abraham bows to the ground. This bowing to the ground is the same word that's used for worshiping God later in the book of Genesis, and actually in Exodus as well. And then on top of that, Abraham addresses the three men as Sir, which is actually Adonai in Hebrew. This is a very common title used for the Lord God throughout the scriptures. Hospitality was very important in the time of Abraham. For those living in a desert, travelers practically expected others to feed them and offer protection in transit. Oftentimes, in gratitude, the travelers would offer a gift or favor in return to the hosts. So it could be in that spirit that the three men offer the gift of assuring that Sarah will conceive and bear a son. Now, Abraham is a bit bashful about the meal he wants to provide to these visitors. He acts a bit like your grandmother when you go to visit her and she says, Oh, sweetie, let me just whip you up something to eat real quick. Just like your grandmother, Abraham doesn't want the travelers to think they're imposing too much of a burden. So he says that he'll bring them just a little water and then a little food. But what he ends up providing is a luxurious feast. And this shows us Abraham's generosity. As with last weekend, St. Paul is writing to the Colossians in our second reading. And there's really only one major question we have to tackle in this passage. What does Paul mean when he says that in his flesh, he is filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ? I mean, at first glance, this seems as though Paul is saying Jesus' act upon the cross was incomplete, and thus others also have to suffer for his afflictions to not be lacking. Yet the best way to understand exactly what Paul is getting at here is to see the afflictions of Christ as rather the afflictions that accompany those who are followers of Christ. For example, in the next chapter of Colossians, Paul refers to the circumcision of Christ. He says, In him you were also circumcised, with a circumcision not administered by hand, with the circumcision of Christ. Clearly, in that context, he's not referring to Jesus' own circumcision, but rather a circumcision related to those who follow Christ. The same thing is happening here. For those who follow Jesus, they can expect to receive similar afflictions to what Jesus received, and these afflictions of Christ will fill up for believers as they continue to follow him. As with our first reading, the theme of hospitality continues in our gospel this weekend. This story has a number of first-century taboos, showing us that Jesus didn't let social conventions get in the way of spreading the gospel. For one, although our translation at Mass doesn't quite capture this, we're told in this final portion of Luke's 10th chapter that as they continued their journey, he entered a village. 
so we could certainly read that Jesus enters the house of Martha and Mary alone. For a man to enter the home of a woman alone is scandalous. But then even more so is for that woman to sit at his feet like a student, which was only reserved for men. It's no wonder then that Martha tells Jesus to tell Mary to help her. In response, Jesus tells Martha that she is anxious and worried about many things. And the word itself means to be pulled in many directions. Jesus says that there is need of only one thing. What is this one thing? It's listening to the word of God and taking time for the act of being with him in the midst of busyness. As a final thought, a number of scholars emphasize that St. Luke strategically places this story right after the parable of the Good Samaritan. In last week's gospel, we see the importance of loving our neighbor. And now here we see the importance of loving God. Both are important as Christians, both love of God and love of neighbor, and both must be held in appropriate balance. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.